John the Viking Mauser here with the Get Stronger Die podcast. Today my guest is Chad Croft. How are you doing today? Good, John. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I've been looking forward to uh, getting you on here. Um, and uh, for the the people out there um, that may not be aware, uh, can you can you tell uh, everybody a little bit about um, Static Monsters and your involvement with that, and uh, kind of what you, what you're doing in the strongman community right now? Okay, so I'm Chad. Uh, I'm based on the Gold Coast, Queensland, in Australia. Uh, and I started a, a little event five years ago called the Static Monsters, and it's grown each year ever since. It's just a log lift and axle deadlift competition, uh, and we finished the the ranking for this year's event, which ran on the end of October there, just last week, and um, then we ended up having seven seven hundred and twenty one competitors for this year. Very cool. That's that's a lot of people getting involved. Um, now I've yeah. noticed. I've noticed, um, you know, over just the past couple of years, it seems like um, uh, strongman and strength sports in general, even powerlifting and stuff's really uh, seems like it's starting to grow a lot in um, uh, Australia. Uh, can you tell us a little bit, maybe, about why that is and, and how that all kind of got started? Um, why that is, I hadn't really thought about it. There's a lot of people running events now in the country. Like we're not short of competitions. Back when I first started dabbling in lifting and stones five years ago, there was only about uh, four comps a year in my state. Now there's more than twenty, and that's only within a five-year period. And that's just our state. So we have over a hundred comps a year in the country, and that's across uh, what have we got? Seven states and, and a territory or something. Yeah. Very so cool. access to competition is growing hugely, but the level of strength has gone up immensely. I mean, we've got two uh, world championships popped up this year. One with Naramu, Naramu Ahipane, I'll get his name wrong, he just won the under-90s official strongman games. And we saw uh, R- R- Rongo Keane win the world Loglift championship run by Zadrinus back in September. Yeah, with a two hundred seven point five kilo log too. So, and I'm not sure if you follow the social media today, but we just had Australia's strongest man and woman um, run this weekend, and uh, we had three women hit a hundred and fifty kilo stone, which in your term I think is three hundred and sixty pounds. Uh, yeah, should be around around that. Yeah. And for your numbers, your freedom units, uh, I think, is just over 48 inches height they loaded it to. Yeah. So it was a huge stone load, and that had never been loaded in the country before by any woman, and then we had three loaded at once in one comp. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, I've just seen over just the past few years, and maybe it's just the availability of social media and stuff, but it seems like there's a lot of... um, really strong uh, strength athletes uh you know becoming well known out of australia and, and coaches too like um half thor's coach and there are others um that have kind of uh sprung up and made a name for themselves and stuff that, that's come out of that area and it, it's just happened in a few years i've noticed yeah you, you'd probably be a better guide for me than, than, than me on this one i mean I, i'm fairly close to that because i'm only new to the sport like it's six years ago since i first started even touching a stone and from me sitting on this side it looks like a lot of the growth has happened in that time but 
Um, we've obviously had a couple of talented athletes in the past with um, uh, Warwick Brandt, especially one of the bigger ones there. But um, the, the, it really does look like in the past sort of four to five years the sport's taken off in this country and we're developing uh, competitors that are that are really getting up there to be competitive on the world scale. And I think the biggest name this year would have been Eddie Williams showing up. Yeah, for sure. Um, so... Uh Tell us, um, you said you, you just kind of got into the sport and everything. Tell us uh, a little bit about, um, you know, how, how you got into Strongman and what led up to promoting shows. Uh, yeah, so me getting into Strongman was fairly simple. I was just lifting barbell weights in the gym, and I think I was following a 5x5 five five program by, was it Mehdi Ali, that strong list 5x5. Five five. I found that online, was just doing that, and uh, got, up, got up to what I thought was an okay deadlift, and then went looking for places I could look for uh, barbell lifting or how, what else I could do rather than just be in a regular gym and I found a powerlifting gym nearby and a, a strongman crossover gym and I went along to a group training there with Scott Jones who's actually an American who was running strongman stuff down in Australia and uh, went and tried that and got stuck into it there and about um, a year later Coco who I was training, uh, training with um, he opened a gym and we just focused on strongman, and then I ended up running my first comp six months after that. So about 18 months after I first touched a stone, I'd, I ran a comp. Then a year after that is when I first ran the first Static Monsters. Very cool. And um, do you have you done any um, competitions yourself since you've been been promoting, or or have you, is that kind of um, <laughs> you know done or? Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty much. I've stepped back from competing, and realistically, I've stepped back from even training in the gym at the moment. I got a bit over it lately, but um, I, 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 I was, I was the joke of the gym because I'd go in and talk to everyone and not do any work. So um, <laughs> I, I go in and out still, but uh, lately I haven't been doing much lifting myself. But the last time I, I did compete a couple of times some local low-level comps after I was promoting events, but I, I haven't competed in I think three years now. Okay. So, um, speaking of competitions and things, uh, can you tell us about uh, like pro cards and uh, and weight classes and divisions and things like that as far as uh, competing in Australia goes? I know um, uh, here we have this um, this pro card system, and, and most of the I think nowhere else does that. There there might be a couple places, but um, can you tell us about how that works in Australia? Yeah, so there's there's Two federations in the country. Um, there was typically um, three women's and four men's classes, and the, the the one fed ASA, which is the one I'd work uh, volunteer in or help out in with Drew Spriggs and uh, Carl Sherry and Alison Dan, uh, and a few others there as well. Sorry, no, I didn't say anything. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, with that one, we run four women's classes and four men's classes, plus we also run a Masters Women's and Masters Men's. The Arnold's Federation of Australia has recently jumped on and added a second women's middle class, So, which is, I think, they've, they're calling it 73 kilos, which for you works out to about 160 pounds, I think. Mm, uh, so, it should be closer to 180, I think. Yeah, so... Oh, you could be one eight, something like that. But um, the so that, that that's that's given the women and men a very equal amount of classes to be a part of, and that's 
Uh, I think given a lot of opportunity across the board, if you if you look at the look at the numbers, there's equal numbers across all the classes for the women and men's mostly. There's obviously heavier at the top end, but by having extra classes, it hasn't dithered the numbers at all. If that makes sense. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you're, so you're you're right. That is one sixty. Sorry, you're right. That that is one sixty. Seventy three is one sixty. Oh, cool. So as far as um, pro cards, we don't have a pro card. Um, the only real pro show we have in the country is the Arnold's Australia, which is in mid-March each year. And um, so there's only pro spots available there uh, for three to four Australian and New Zealand men, plus the invitationals from the internationals, you know, the big names like, you know, Rauno keeps turning up and uh, JF Caron and a few others like that, that are, and Belsac that are here each year. Very cool. <clears throat> so, one of the big things that um, Static Monsters is known for is the, the deadlift and um, log competition. And uh, yeah. um, what kind of inspired, um, you know, just doing those two events specifically for uh, your competitions? It was just a, a simple one at the end of the year. I wanted to have a, a push-pull comp, you know, log lift, deadlift, and it was simple, but having the big axle wheels was just something that looked cool and was different to regular deads. And, and of course you can pull a bit more weight on it typically. So, you know, we're seeing normally people are pulling, uh, 50 to 70 pounds more than they normally would on a, on a regular deadlift bar. Yeah. So with that, you know, people enjoy having lifting bigger weights and for people that don't follow the sport, they see bigger weights lifted, bigger numbers, and they see these cool implements and big thick, axle bars and big tractor wheels and it looks cool to them and it's awkward as far as they're concerned it's still heavy as hell the athletes are still pulling hard so it was that that was part of it and uh, it just ended up sticking with that because that's what i'd done the first year when i just ran this own little local comp in a, in a pub because that's what the first static was was just me running a little comp in a pub and uh, that was the first uh, event i even live streamed which was back in the back then 2015 as well and uh, that seemed to work okay. Very cool. Uh, now, you're actually in um, Singapore today, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in a hotel room in Singapore right now. I just flew in this afternoon for work. <clears throat> okay, so you're, are you there for uh, strongman-related stuff or, or just... No, no, no. For my, my, my real job, I'm a dodgy salesman. So uh, <laughs> I actually work for a, a nice resort down in Australia called Tangaluma. A couple of the athletes have been long to have a look, but... Um, it's just a, a resort off the coast of Brisbane, and I work in a sales role looking after North America, UK, and Southeast Asia and India. So I travel around a bit for my job. Oh, that's cool. <clears throat> um, so what are do you have any um, uh, plans for static monsters that haven't um, that maybe hasn't been um, uh, revealed yet, or or uh, anything like that? Um, shows uh, coming. You want me to give you a scoop? There's, there's probably no, nothing nothing over the top or major. You obviously have heard that we're running it. Chris Vaccio is running it in July 25th next year, the World Championships. So yeah. the top 10 from each weight class from this is, you know, the worldwide that we now, that was finished two weeks ago, the top 10 from each weight class get invited to compete in that. And that's being held in uh, a place called Obets, which is 10 minutes out of Columbus, Ohio. Um, and uh, Chris Garcia is fairly well known in the strongman scene over in USA and running a, adaptive pots and stuff. So 
that that's going on there, and there'll be uh, more adaptive classes available there, and more adaptive athletes there. And that was that was probably a big change for this year. For next year, in the worldwide event, I've had a lot of feedback from our Asian countries that um, having an extra weight class down low will suit. Um, so I'll probably get some kickback from people here saying, you know, too many weight classes, etc. But um, when these so many people are smaller stature, so. yeah, I mean, sorry, yeah, no, I was to say that makes sense. Um, if if you know, uh, promoters get a lot of uh, they get a lot of uh, heat from people when they make uh, any any kind of change, right? I mean, it, people just panic yeah. when there's any kind of change, but a lot of the yeah, time, yeah. You know, like in that situation, if it's going to bring more people in, um, even if it's just in a certain area or region, um, you know, I don't, I don't see any uh, issue with adding um, a weight class. And you could always get rid of it later, you know, depending on how how that grows and and, and whatever. Yeah. But, uh, if you can get more people in, I mean, hey, add a weight class, right? Yeah. So for the worldwide event next year, which is in October, end last weekend of October again. We'll have an additional weight class of women's under fifty-two and a half kilos, which puts you at like a hundred and five pounds or hundred hundred and ten pounds somewhere, or maybe hundred and fifteen pounds. Yeah. And then uh, a men's under seventy kilos, which is hundred and fifty odd pounds, I think. Mm-hmm. So, going by like you look at powerlifting and weightlifting, there's a lot of people in those weight classes in that across that Asian region. And talking to my event organisers, which I think I've got. 12 events across Asia, they're all very keen for that sort of option. And, you know, so I think it'll help. And if if you follow the Static Monsters, you see a lot of people are using it as a first-time comp to have a go at competing. So they're not just top-level competitors there, but a lot of first-timers have a go. There's less to learn. You know, there's only a log lift and an axle deadlift, and most people are deadlifting in their strength training anyway. Right. So they've really learned how to clean a log because a lot of people overhead press and strength training wherever they are. Cool. Yeah, I, ha- I actually hadn't um, uh, thought of that, but that makes a lot of sense. That that that, Pete, that would be a, a really good um, like first uh, competition for a lot of people. Um, so yeah, yeah. So that does um, kind of span uh, everybody, beginner and through advanced. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, because Logliff's log still probably the, the king of the lifts in the sport. I'm sure there's a few people that are telling me the deadlift is bigger or the stone is bigger, but. I think the most widely talked about record in the sport is anything that Zadrinus has put overhead, especially with the log lift at 228, 500 pounds. So, you know, it's it's a very well-regarded lift and a lot of people want to uh, see what they can hit on it. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's very popular. Um, and, and now with, with the Static Monsters, it's even more popular. So, uh, yeah. so we actually just had... Um, Chris Vaccio on the podcast uh, maybe a month ago. Um, how how did um, you and Chris uh, get to talking about him running the uh, the uh, Static Monsters next year? So I actually uh, heard Chris talk on Carl Beck's podcast, you know, the Strong Talk podcast, you know, like a couple of years back, and I added him as a friend on Facebook to say good day and ask him questions here and there because I, I knew nothing about adaptive stuff. And even still, it's small in, in our part of the world. And, you know, I've got a lot to learn about it. But um, before the World Champs this year, because he came, he flew down to Australia to compete in the Masters division, 
which the poor guy did only a week after running USS Nationals with over 400 competitors in one day. So I don't know how he managed to do all that in a week, including coming down to Australia. So that was pretty crazy. But yeah. um, before he did all that, I, I started speaking and saying, look, I want to run an adaptive Worlds for statics, because, but I don't know what to do. And I didn't like the idea of me putting on a World Championship with no experience of running an adaptive event at all. But I wanted them to have the opportunity since I had their classes in the worldwide rankings. So I thought Chris would be the perfect person to run it. And so that's where it came from that. And he, he, he you know, ju- jumped in wholeheartedly, was really keen to look after them in that. And I also eventually said to him, hey, look, would you want to put it all together? Because I'd rather um, the adaptive athletes and the regular athletes get a, a bigger crowd there all at the same time, keep it all together. And, uh, and plus the Americans have got such a big base there. I thought it'd be a great spot to run the next event because I've always wanted to move this World Championships event around the world and theoretically we'll move it onto another country the year after. So for 2021, it'll, World Champs will be in another country again. That's very cool, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, Chris uh, Chris has some great experience um, running shows, especially with the uh, the adaptive athletes and stuff. So I think that's a that's a pretty good um, pretty good decision, and I think that'll uh, that'll definitely pay off next year um, with him with him kind of taking the reins there. Yeah, I've no doubt. And the, the venue he's found is amazing in Obets. There, it's this called this Fortress Obets. We got some photos and video of it up on the website if you want to look it up. But it's this, it's actually made out of shipping containers, but, and it's part of a a sporting complex which with a with a major uh, NFL or gridiron field off the back of it. And uh, it's, always, it's a very new facility and uh, it's got bars and it. it's got uh, have facilities for fantastic live streaming setup, but it'll be a great spot for the World Champs next year. We'll have food trucks and stuff as well and um, and it should be a really good event overall. So it'll, it'll look good and there'll be a huge um, strength level of athletes there too. Cool. And uh, that website, um, is that just staticmonsters.com? That's it. Yeah, I kept it simple. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so um, if but, you want to see the venue, you can just check out staticmonsters.com and they got pictures of the uh, the venue up on the website. Um, yeah, that's right. There's a, there's a World Championship section of the website, which has all the World Championships info, and then there's a Worldwide event, which obviously covers the Worldwide event. So the World Champs is normally middle of the year, and Worldwide's normally end of October. And the worldwide is the one that gives you the world ranking and also qualifies you for the world championships. And they've both got their own sections on the website if you want to find all the info and rules and information and previous history and scores from them are all there. Oh, very cool. Yeah, that, that's cool. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, what um, records does uh, your promotion, Static Monsters, um, recognize outside of the uh, the log and the um, deadlift? Are you able to get um, records in other strongman lifts um, uh, under that uh, flagship. I haven't. I haven't run any extra events beyond log and axle deadlift. Okay. Within static monsters at all. So um, as far as you know, whether it's circus dumbbell or stunt loading, I haven't gone beyond that. <clears throat> the tricky part there is it. Don't get me wrong. I've thought about this so many times. How? What do I do? And how much more do I do? while keeping it simple and keeping people involved and giving a fair world ranking is the variety of implements in strongman between gyms in the same state, let alone across the planet, is 
quite large. So one circus dumbbell is so much longer or different in barrel diameter than the next one and a different handle diameter as well. Right. Um, and, or it could be an atlas stone. People make atlas stones of different densities. Right. Uh, so if, if you're doing atlas stone rankings, it makes it a little bit hard there. But re- one day I, I, I would like to add those things in. But yeah, realistically, the scope of static monsters right now is purely log and axle deadlift. Very cool. I like it. Uh, you know, I think there's um, something to be said for simplicity, and um, I, like, yeah, I think I think it's uh, a good idea. But um, I could also see, you know, if you added something in, that would be a cool little thing, uh, even if it was just here and there. So uh, I will look forward to seeing how that progresses. Ideas for how how to make it work and keep it simple. I'm all for it. But uh, as as it gets bigger and I, I table all the stuff myself and pull it all together myself. Yeah. It, as it gets bigger, the, the workload for me gets a bit bigger too, and it's all voluntary. So um, there's no there's no charge for an event promoter to get on board and run an event either. I just give them the logos and, and the rules, and they've just got to make sure they get me the scores within within the the parameters I give them. You know, the rules and rankings and the, the equipment regulations I give them. That's very cool. Yeah, well, I, I like, I, you know, just from what I've seen, I like the way that it's handled, so uh, that's pretty cool. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, I think you're doing a great a great job so far. Um, obviously, you know, it's, it's a worldwide uh, thing, and it just started as a, a local thing, so you're doing it right. H- how many years has this been going on again? So the last weekend's was the fifth one. Yeah. So... First one was October 2015, so then that was just a single comp on the Gold Coast. 2016 was nine comps across three countries and 110 competitors. Yeah. 2017 was the big growth. We went to 19 competitions and 390 competitors. And then the next year was 38 competitor events and 522. And just last this last week was 721 competitors across 18 countries and uh, 49 events yeah i think that's pretty crazy for just five years (laughs) yeah so it just shows there's a lot of people out there that that are partaking in the sport or want to have a go and uh you know it's i think there's a lot more potential for it to grow as well and and when you see things like the uss nationals having over 400 competitors but and and, um people say that can, how many can, people can you have at one event? But when you've got multiple classes with, you know, 15, 10, 15, or 20 per class, it's it's very easy to fill out that sort of number. It's a, it's a, it's a big sport from a big population. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, do you think uh, when Chris runs um, Static Monsters uh, next year, uh, will, you, yep. will you be um, coming here for that event? Yeah, yeah, I'll actually, I've already got it confirmed. I'll be up there. So um, I've, I was lucky enough, my boss has backed me a little bit and that he's organised for me to do a sales trip to USA at the same time. So I'll already be up there doing a normal job and then I'll drop in for the weekend to, to watch watch the comp or help Chris or, or both. Oh, very cool. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. A, that's a good deal then. <laughs> yeah, very cool. So yeah, end, end of July I'll be up there if, you, if you're in the... Uh, columbus ohio area john make sure you come down and have a beer with us while we watch the the log lifts yeah i'm, I'm actually uh, i'm only three hours away from columbus so oh cool yeah it's not 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 too far really <clears throat> uh, how many times have you been uh to uh the states 
uh, three. I was there in September. I was there in March the year before and March the year before that. Okay. So, yeah, um, yeah, three three trips. Each trip about two and a half to three weeks long each. <laughs> Very cool. Um, <clears throat> so, if uh, somebody were to uh, maybe, you know, they've been in Strongman, they want to start running uh, shows, um, do you have any advice uh, just for somebody that would that would want to run their first show? Just some solid um, advice for them. Oh, um, don't, don't, don't undervalue yourself. You're probably going to charge more money than you think you have to. So don't be afraid. Also, don't try and rip them off. But realistically, 20 or 30 bucks for a show is incredibly cheap. Right. Uh, if you can get a little bit higher, that it means you're not milking yourself and it gives you some money left over to look after your volunteers with some lunch and drinks and maybe a shirt each as well. Uh, if you've got 30 to 50 competitors at only 50 bucks per head, it's not much for, you know, venue, water, um, any sort of marquees and coverings and buying equipment or even covering equipment, paying for insurance if you're not under a federation, it burns up incredibly quickly. So uh, just don't be afraid to charge more than 20 or 30 bucks a head. And then from that, um, be smart about your events if you can talk to someone about planning an event so it keeps it simple, um, run, running, run, uh, one thing I do or try and do a lot when I run an event is planning equipment runs that you can just turn them around for the next event rather than having to totally reset them because the quickest thing you'll do is burn out your volunteers and they'll never come back and run a comp for you. So <laughs> if you're doing a farmer's event, make sure the athletes either return it to the, the start point or they finish at a point where you can just turn around and start it again, like a farmer's walk or a yoke. Um, and things like car deadlifts and Conan's wheels are brilliant because Conan's wheels very much go back to the start position very easily. Yeah. Yeah, that all makes sense. I've seen um, competitions where I thought the, the volunteers were going to die. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, the, the volunteers are, are, are such a wonderful commodity in this sport that we don't have enough of, and you don't want to abuse them or kill them in your end. So if you can do anything to make their lives easier, it, it'll not only keep them happier and around longer, it'll also make your event run faster and smoother. Yeah, for sure. The, the volunteers, um, we talk about this every time we, we run a show here, but they, uh, I mean, they're really the, the backbone of the show. There was, you know, if you don't have those, um, you pretty much don't have a show. Uh, so, um, yeah, you got to take care of those and, and figure out ways to, uh, to get those. And, um, yeah, I think, I think it's pretty important. Incredibly. The volunteers make or break a show. Absolutely. Uh, so your planning around them makes makes it makes a difference too. So if you can make it easy for them and look after them, uh, they'll, they'll come back and help you again because uh, they they'll, they'll, they see what you do and they're happy to support. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> well, we're uh, we're about out of time. Um, I want to thank you, uh, you know, very much for uh, joining us here. Um, what what time is it where you're at? I know it's pretty late. It's uh, nearly 10 p.m. in Singapore. It's about midnight back in Australia, actually. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I want to um, thank you for uh, spending your night here with us um, and talking about Static Monsters. And um, 
maybe uh, when you're here uh, over near Columbus, um, I'll, I'll swing up and maybe we can uh, we can do a follow up and see how things are going and um, uh, and, and all that, especially with with that show going on because that'll be a big deal. So that'd be wonderful, mate. Thank you very much for having me on, and uh, hopefully um, most of your audience uh, can understand the Australian accent. And I didn't speak too fast for you all. <laughs> no, no, I'm just a I'm a redneck. So if uh, if I could if I could follow you, I think the rest of them can. <laughs> Good to hear, you, mate. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. This has been uh, John the Viking Mauser and Chad Croft. Uh, get strong or die. <laughs>